welcome to Turn In Your Hymnal To. I'm Rex Bridges. Today's episode is something of a milestone, as it is the 50th episode of our look at hymns. We've gone from an 8th century Irish hymn to Martin Luther, to Isaac Watts, to Negro Spirituals, to Fanny J. Crosby, and much more. And there is more to come. I want to thank all who have been following this podcast. It has been my pleasure to bring out how God has blessed and strengthened us in song over the centuries. Now, today, we will be looking at the background story of Jesus Calls Us or the Tumult. Jesus Calls Us or the Tumult 1852. Few ministers' wives can write a hymn to order for their husbands, even if they are famous poets in their own right. But Cecil Francis Alexander did just that for her preacher husband, and, while the sermon that preceded it has long since been forgotten, her poem has found a lasting place in the hearts of the Church Universal. It began long before her marriage to Reverend William Alexander, future Archbishop of Armagh and Primate of all Ireland because when she was still 21-year-old Cecil Humphreys, she had been so profoundly influenced by Reverend John Kebble's book, The Christian Year, that her first book, Verses for Holy Seasons, was actually a Christian year for children, containing a hymn or poem for each Sunday of the year with additional verses for special occasions. In one of her Sunday school classes, some of her pupils asked, Miss Humphreys, what do the words in the Apostles' Creed mean? She tried to explain to them in their own language the deeper meaning behind each of the phrases of the creed. Later, she decided to reduce her teachings to poetic form, and soon her boys and girls were singing about the creed as well as studying it. For the first phrase, I believe in God the Father Almighty, she wrote her hymn, All Things Bright and Beautiful. For Born of the Virgin Mary, she wrote, Once in Royal David's City, and to explain the meaning of the death of Jesus, who was crucified, dead, and buried, she wrote, There is a green hill far away. In 1848, the year of her marriage, she published her book, Hymns for Little Children, which included the ones inspired by the creed. One afternoon during the week of November 25, 1852, her 29th year, she sat alone in the living room of their parsonage in Tyrone, Ireland, working over a new poem. When her husband came home, he found her busily revising her latest work. And what is the effort of this afternoon about, my dear? he asked jokingly. She chided him for his sarcasm, and then replied, It is a new poem based on your sermon of last Sunday morning. He looked surprised and said, Honestly, dear, I didn't think you were paying attention. But it does help a preacher to know he has at least one sympathetic listener in his congregation, even if it is only his wife. She reminded him that he had preached on the burial of Moses, which was the subject of her new poem. When she handed him the papers over which she had been working, he began to read one of the most magnificent poems in the English language. By Nebo's lonely mountain, on this side Jordan's wave, in a vale in the land of Moab, there lies a lonely grave. But no man built that sepulcher, and no man saw it ere, for the angels of God upturned the sod and laid the dead man there. When he finished the last stanza, he turned and said seriously, My dear, I salute you. This is the noblest piece of poetry you have ever written. 
Who knows but the day may come when I shall enjoy the distinction of being pointed out as the husband of Mrs. Cecil Humphreys Alexander. Later that evening, as they talked about the sermon and the poem it had inspired, Mr. Alexander said, Next Sunday is St. Andrew's Day. Since you wrote about the burial of Moses after last Sunday's sermon, I wonder if you could write a poem for next Sunday, before you hear the sermon. I'll do what I can, she told him. He took down the Bible and read the account of the calling of Andrew by Jesus, as recorded in Mark 1, 16-18. They discussed the coming sermon during supper, and she promised to do her best with the poem he had requested. That night, before retiring, she read the familiar scripture verses again, and soon wrote down the stanzas which he was to read at the close of his sermon the following Sunday morning. Her first stanza contained these lines, Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our life's wild restless sea. Day by day his sweet voice soundeth, saying, Christian, follow me. Before her death in 1895, she had written more than 400 hymns and poems. Over a quarter million copies of Hymns for Little Children were sold. But nothing she wrote ever received the universal acclaim that has greeted the hymn she prepared for her husband to use in his sermon on St. Andrew's Day in 1852. This has been Rex Bridges, reading from Living Stories of Famous Hymns by Ernest K. Emurian. Copyright 1955 by Baker Bookhouse Company. Used by permission of Baker Bookhouse Company.